Come correct. Good morning, Vietnam. thing on hello hey welcome everybody to the bake podcast this is your new host mike ferrucci with a new season in front of you we're gonna be talking about everything pizza pasta airsoft forget about it it's gonna be awesome this year we got what? vents what the fuck are you doing here bro whoa 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 hey hey uh, you, you told me to take, take initiative bro i mean come on you know i'm trying to move up in this organization what do you want from me it's a four o'clock in the morning man I woke up early for this, you know? There was free parking all over the place. How'd you even get in here? I totally didn't use the fire escape, but uh, look, you know, I can fix your AC unit. I mean, I totally didn't kick that out or anything. You're fucking creepy, dude. Nah, look. You're, you're, back, on a, you're back on podcast probation. Oh, no, come on. Can, look, I'm here already. Can we just start this thing? Come on. All right, looks like we got everybody here. Let's do it. Whatever. Alright guys, welcome to the 12th episode of the Broken Arrow Events Podcast. Number 12, we've been doing this for a year at this point. Our anniversary is the next episode, I guess, because that's when we started, you know, we started last year in February. With me today, in person, I got Mr. Ferrucci. Hey, how you doing? And also in person, I got Roman. Hey everybody. And then on the phone, I got Mike O'Donnell. Say what's up, Mike. How's it going, guys? And then we also have CJ Sen on the phone. Say what's up, CJ. Hey guys. All right, so let's um, let's start this podcast with talking about the podcast. We released a poll around the Christmas break, you know, around that holiday break. We released a poll to ask people what they thought about the podcast and what we can do to improve it going into 2020. So I don't want to talk in depth about the poll by you know through every question because it's just it's just going to kill everyone's brain. So let's just like brief, briefly go through it. We can discuss things as they go. So the first question obviously was if, you know, if has anyone ever listened to the podcast? One joker actually answered no and just didn't answer the rest of the, the poll. So they, they answered it honestly, which is pretty funny. But everyone else who obviously answered these questions listened to the podcast. So are you a regular listener? Majority of the people in a nutshell, have listened to more than one episode, which is really cool. Um, you know, it's a mix of, like, people listen to two, listen to two or five uh, from six to ten or all of the 11 episodes at that point. Which episodes have you listened to? Most people have listened to, to our big ones, which was the, the two-hour Come Correct special and then the, the holiday Come Correct Miss podcast yes. special. Um, if it has come correct in the name, it's going to get more listeners. Oh, definitely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we put a lot of work into those two episodes, actually. Like, Have you traded and trademarked it yet? Yeah. Oh, don't say it. Yeah, you're going to blow our spot up. Someone's going to jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> i got to do it before I release this episode now. Um, but yeah, no, as Mike was saying, yeah, we put anything with come correct, I think, is that's like our flagship. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the that's signature. our mantra. Yeah. the signature. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I really had a lot of fun, especially doing the holiday podcast. That was, it was a lot of fun. A lot well, of work, it was definitely but a lot the of best fun. podcast so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, most most people, almost fifty percent liked the the, the holiday podcast, and then about twenty five percent 
was a mix of all the other ones, like the um, the Come Correct to Our Special. A few people actually like the Fruity Gets a Tryout. So I feel the love. Thank you, people. Uh, about eighty percent of the people wanted to stay with the length that we keep the podcast. So that's about an hour to an hour and a half for the regular ones. For the specials, two to two and a half hours. So we're going to stick with that. I think that's fair. I mean, it's only a monthly podcast, so it's not like we're hitting you with something you know, twice to three times a week. So mm-hmm. I would say we'll keep it that way. We do have a few plans for other things that we'll get into the next podcast. But um, for now, yeah, that's, we'll keep it that way. Um, a road trip special. <laughs> that four hour long. Oh, for those of you yeah. going the distance, yes, like on the way to come and correct the distance. Like we we should do like a live uh, episode on the way down to Red Divide. Okay. That would be awesome. That or, would actually, that's a really good idea. Yeah, or on the way back when we're all like loopy and sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! Trying to fill your lighter while driving. Cog yeah. On the way back last year. Yeah, the, ridiculous. We, we basically came up with the storyline of Steel Cog last year. Yeah. Is, <laughs> It was I so went stupid. to Red Divine. You want this one? Different topic. Yeah, we'll we'll move on. So yeah, uh, being a monthly podcast, currently, would you like to see more of us? Um, about 60 percent of the people said no. Once a month is enough of you guys. So I kind of agree with them. I think what we're gonna do, as I said, we're, we're gonna discuss it in the next podcast. Is we'll probably do like a smaller thing. Um, Mixed in like between the episodes, it, it, it would the answer have been different if there was less Ferrucci? Whoa, whoa, could they handle more episodes with just less Ferrucci? Like a Ferrucci less episode, <laughs> or would point. they be disappointed and they need more Ferrucci? I think it, I, if you later on in the in the, in the uh, poll, you'll see that I think people need more Ferrucci. Next survey, would you want more episodes if there was more Ferrucci? That's what, well, I, I mean, I that. think the people will speak honestly on that, and you know what? I think you'll be in favor. You can't just send a survey to all your cousins and your mom. Look, you know, I got a lot of family <laughs> down here in the city, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you something, all right? Hey, Whether you like it or not, I'm going to be Whether Liam's home or not, you're going to be exactly. in his apartment. Exactly, I'm going to be in here. All right, I'm going to fix the AC unit, yeah. and we're going to be all right, okay? Fucking creep. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You asked for it with the fire escape, okay? Yeah. Look, I thought it was a good idea, and I made most of it, okay? Uh, it is what it is. I gotta talk to the building manager, <laughs> update the uh, security look, measures. Look, he, <laughs> might, he may or may not be related to me, so don't worry. Uh, some weird Italian shit, man. They're all related. Yeah. Exactly. That's why they're all like whacked out inbreds. Whoa, 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 whoa. This ain't West Virginia, okay? <laughs> Get out of here. Hey, outside of New York City, it kind of becomes a little. Wait a minute, you're more country than I am, CJ. What are you doing? I'm near Camden. I'm not country. Yeah, you what? Look where you live. You live near, near a cemetery. Camden. I'm pretty sure there's like blocks away cemeteries here. Oh, but look where he lives. He lives in the middle of nowhere, though. I've seen his place. <laughs> Let me ask you this, CJ. Were you present when he saw your place? <laughs> I was inside his house. Was he, though? That's yeah. the point. Maybe. <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right, I so hope my dog's weird. So wait, moving on, um, people, we asked if people enjoy Bay of Bays, and I would say for the most part, people strongly enjoyed it. 
except for one person, as Roman put it, an incel put a one as they do not enjoy it. So um, I guess they don't. I know you have very strong feelings about women being involved. Uh, mm. Tells me you coming you from think? coming from a very specific corner of our uh, <laughs> society. All right, we'll leave the it at the incel corner. The incel. Yeah, yeah, that's the corner. Yes. So another another bit that we had was questions from the listeners, and I feel it never really took off because people do not send us questions i don't know if like the portal that i made where it just holds your hand and you just send you just write your topic or question and hit enter and it sends it to us is like too confusing or people are just too shy about it or they don't think about it or they just have nothing to say to us but i urge you to send us something um this isn't a request to be a guest on the podcast it's we want you to send us a topic or a question and we'll talk about it um just please do that, but it's weird that people do enjoy it, and we I feel like we've never really successfully had it take off. So please send, you know, please send a request or a request for a topic or a question to us, and we will discuss it. I just feel like they're all going to be questions for Ferrucci. That's fine. Hey, that, That's fine. That is what it is. So the sound quality, for the most part, everyone uh, thought it was good. Um... People on the, you know, we had, we have guests and hosts on the phone. A lot of people felt that it doesn't affect the quality of the podcast. I can beg to differ, but if they're, you know, the listeners think it's okay. A few people did say it does affect it, but um, it, we have, we're, we're working on it. Um, possibly the next episode we will try a different uh, medium using uh, Discord. I don't want to give away too much, but we... Maybe using Discord to record the podcast. Um, with multiple people on the phone, does it get confusing? Most people, it was kind of like in the middle. Uh, I think most people who know us and know our voices are okay. I think it's the people who don't really know us. Maybe they see, see us once a year at the big Vietnam event. Right. They don't know our voices as well. Maybe they get a little confused, which I, I agree. I can feel for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I think we are getting better overall at our discussion so like cj who's pretty quiet on the podcast because he's on the phone we kind of give him like time to answer if we're talking to him um you know it, it's hard it's hard it's really hard to not see people's faces of course so we had uh this next se- section of the poll was the 2020 podcast plans um so most people Actually, 100% that answered the, the poll want us to talk about other topics other than our events, so we will be doing that. Um, and about 90% answered yes to interviewing people outside of the Bay Circle, which we will be doing today. Um, we will talk about that in a little bit. And this is, this is a funny one because... Based on everyone's favorite episode, which was the holiday Come Correct Miss special, we had a lot of characters and sketches and musical numbers. So we asked, would you like to see more comedy bits, including sketches, musical numbers, and characters? About 76% of those people answered yes. And then there were a few people who just said no. Like, I guess it is thought... Like, we're idiots. And I agree, we are idiots. We're doing this, you know. 
Um, I don't know. I think. <laughs> what, what's wrong with Herbert? Yeah, what it seems to be the problem. It's you know we got what's we got Mister Come Correct, which is my favorite character. Nigel. Nigel, yeah, Nigel Farnborough. Um, I don't know. We'll 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 try to do it where it doesn't get too annoying. I guess that's that's the best I can promise you. Mike, would you agree? Absolutely. O'Donnell. Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. You agree that we'll 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 keep implementing uh, characters without getting too annoying. I don't care if we get annoying or not. Like, you're annoying, like, shut it off. I don't care. I'm doing this for me. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what podcast? This is just me. Are we rolling? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> There's just a couple of bros hanging out and just discussing Airsoft. Hell shit. yeah, brother. Like, think about it. This is, what, this is what I love about Airsoft. Is like, Airsoft is like 90% of what we're doing right now. It's just talking about Airsoft. No one really ever fucking plays. It's like weird. So we the older we get especially. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So last question we had was about Ferrucci and it was whether or not we should kick him off the you know, the show. And I, I it was a joke. I'll, full disclosure, it was a joke, but I think a lot of people took it a little too serious. And it was overwhelmingly seventy percent said no, don't kick him off. And about 23% said, put him at least on probation. <laughs> and then another 7% uh, said, yes, kick him off. Cool shit, that backfired. <laughs> yes, yes. But I mean, then we had a, you know the feedback comments where people wrote in uh, comments. And a lot of people like Ferrucci. They want to hear more of him. And we, you know, we had a lot of like, positive stuff and stuff that made me feel good about doing this. Um, you know, one guy really wrote something nice about us saying that we all individually contribute to the show in our own way and it's a really good balance. So it's good to keep, you know, it's good for me to, you know, fuel me to keep me going doing this. So it's, you know, overall, I think it's been a great success. Like I said, this is our 12th episode and I don't think we're going to stop doing it. That's pretty significant. That's a year. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been in this thing for a long time since 2007 it's going to be like 13 years of me being in this hobby i've seen so many people not even last a year in the hobby i've seen so many people get excited and burn out and so like to be doing this podcast for this long like putting all this extra effort i think this this is a significant thing yeah i yeah and i think it's a good uh channel to get people really informed about our events i mean that was the that was the original uh mission for this was like all right maybe it's easier if you hear someone's voice on what to buy and what to get and what you need to come correct for the vietnam events and now it's evolved into you know comedy tragedy and you know and everything in between yeah yeah so that's it but forums are dying out. They're and dead. It's like too much. Didn't read. Yeah. You know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is gonna be the only way. I, I think, think so, it's the way of the future. I think so. I think so. So moving on, let's talk about. I'm gonna blow through our early spring to beginning of summer uh, event lineup. 
I was actually good this year. I got all of our events scheduled and ready to go before the before 2020 happened. I just I actually finalized a couple of events last week, and we have everything lined up. We're ready to fucking go. So we're gonna go through those real quick. So to start the year, to start 2020, we have a World War II event, the Rohr Pocket at Zulu. It's March 24th. Tickets are $35. Walk-ons are 45 I think the last World War II event we had at GZA, which was the final game of 2019, it was a good event for what it was. It was small, but it was still, weather was, you know, weather was good. Gameplay was pretty good. So we'll try to keep that going. GZ, um, sorry, uh, Zulu has a pretty good World War II crowd. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I think, I think we may have something good here. I think we'll finally have enough Germans. <laughs> yes, yeah. There were more Germans at that the one they had a couple uh, months ago. So their summer, late summer event, yeah. they had yeah. surprisingly a lot of uh, Germans show up. I think they're all from like upstate New York or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Nice. And it'll be great for them to come to our event. Yes. So that they're aware that there's other producers doing this thing. The niche isn't as small as you know they might right. perceive. Right. Right. So then the next event is our first event of the year at Tulcom, which we really want to, we're trying to do more at Tulcom this year. Um, it's March 28th. It's called the, the Baltic Retaliation, which is a sequel to our Ghost of Konigsberg event at Cookies, which that was at that time was like our biggest event. I think we had uh, 76 people there. At Cookies, which is pretty good, is you know NATO versus Russia. Um, Roman, I don't think you were there. Nope, you weren't there. But you're gonna Stuff go. Stuff came up. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's at Tolcom. Tickets are thirty five. Walks walk ons are forty five. It's March twenty eighth. I know a few guys from from uh, New England are planning to come down because they want to learn the field for the Stag Ops event being held at Tolcom later in the spring so they're gonna try yeah, to go there's a significant I've, I've seen a significant number of players attack uh, go to like fall of fall offensive spring offensive yeah. those games they yeah. hold so it'd be nice to see some more like proper russian kids showing yes. up at a russian theme game yeah so i look forward to seeing you guys come down for that yep <clears throat> yep and then the next event that it's not really a bay event in particular but bay the bay crew is staffing it and I'm one of the admins for it, is the Metro Airsoft Preseason Expo, which is going to be at Zulu. It's April 18th. So there will be like open play. There will be booths and stuff like that. We do it every year. I think this is our third year doing it. Yeah. Last year was pretty fun. I, uh, I think we're growing. Every th- we, got, we had more vendors last year than the year before. More people showed up. So hopefully... At Zulu, which I think is a great location, maybe we'll pull people upstate New York instead of like where we were last year. We were like South Jersey, I think, especially for the the Bay, uh, the Bay crowd, the Bay community. We get people like spread out, so we have people all the way up in New England, upstate New York. So I think being like kind of a central two area, hours closer. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, well, we'll draw people at least for our, you know, interest for our events. So we'll talk about that more as the uh, as time goes on and, and the dates get closer. Yeah, this is an opportunity not just for Bay as the organizers to present our brand and you know 
what we do. It's also a chance for you guys to come down and show and share your experiences. You know, it's not just a thing that we're going to be at. You could be there too. Come down in your kit, you know, your NOM kit, your World War II kit, whatever was your favorite bay thing, and you could share. Help us. And you share, then more people get interested, and then more people are at the events. That helps you. Right, right. And it's funny you say that because the next event we're, ha we're having is the FARB infantry training event, which is not really a force and force event, but it's a, it's, we're holding it to get people squared away and ready for the big Vietnam event in August. So like you said, you know, come with your kit. We'll help you fix it and, and critique if you need to like, it's okay, you need to get rid of this Alice pouch. Here's a link to a canvas m56 pouch or whatever just because you collect the stuff doesn't mean you know how to use the stuff or how to pack your stuff right that's that was another big thing too is Absolutely. i think there were a few new guys last at last year's that never wore the they never wore the equipment up until that event so like they got it all fitted and and sorted it out and then when operation MacArthur came they were ready to go so i think it it's a good it's a good event just for that but we have um jim powers and mike diamante as our instructors and they will give us basic knowledge and and how to react to con you know reacting to contact doing patrols and th that sort of thing even if and I, and I and I said this in my um, my windbag post last week even if you think you know it all and you've done this type of thing before it doesn't hurt to practice and repetition you know, is big in the military. Like they do the same thing over and over again until they have it down packed. So it won't hurt you to g go if you think you already know it all. Especially if you think you know it all, help the guys that don't. You know, if you really do know your stuff and you have something to contribute, don't wait for the event show up and they're like, man, these these FNGs don't know anything. I'm pissed off why I got stuck with these guys. Well, if you would have helped, you know, train them. If you know it all, show your skill, share your skill, then your FNGs are going to be a little less green. They're going to be, you know, useful. Right. Be a competent right. leader and, you know, and make the event that more enjoyable when everyone is, you know, uh, coerced in a unified action. So, coerced? We're not coerced. We're not coercion. There's yeah. no coercion. What yeah. are you talking about? That's the wrong kind of army. You're on the wrong side. There's no coercion. Excuse me. It is what it is. It's I don't... a free volunteer army. <laughs> well, we, we, we paid for it. just thinking about the World War II game again. He really liked being a German. Of course <laughs> I did. You kidding me? He really liked the That was a hell coercion. of an experience. You liked it too much. Yeah. No, but the, there are guys who show up and they, they complain. Like, what's with these I FNGs? Yeah. Well, show off your intelligence like you were saying. And... Don't hoard the knowledge. Share your knowledge. If they know more, if you share your skills with them, you're going to have a better experience. Right, right. Preach it. All right, so the next and final event for the spring before we get into the NOM season is Steel Cog 4 Gaseous Knives of the Expats. It's May 30th at Zulu 24, $35 tickets. Walk on $45. That's probably going to be our biggest event of the spring season. 
Um, it's getting more and more ridiculous. Hell yeah. Uh, Mike and I, we were talking about it the other day. Mike, do you want to um, talk about our plan, our work in progress plan, or you want to keep it secret for now? I think we should keep it secret for now, just up until we get a little bit closer to them. But, uh, you know, we have some, at least one cool new prop. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we might see a different version of Snake. Who knows? Like, right. shit's, shit's going down. And what's the one biggest takeaway we took from the last event? Armbands. Um, armbands. Yes. Armbands. Um, none, of, none of you idiots can handle uh, wearing a collar or identifying a collar. Uh, so <laughs> we need to fucking put armbands on you. Yes. I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what motherfucking raised you, but you're a piece of shit. So. Now we have to do our events because of your fuck-ups. So, that said, though, wow. we're, we're still sticking with colors for the factions. So, obviously, it helps to wear... If you're going to be on uh, Wolfhound, wear 10. If you're going to be on uh, Sons of the yeah, Silent so Age, you're going to be green. And, Mike, can I give this away? The third faction? Uh, sure. No, nah, fuck it. We won't. We'll, we'll save it. I just, I just have something to add to that. By wearing green, it's full green, not green top tan bottoms or tan top green bottoms or cloud pattern. If you're you're wearing the the other team's color on any part of your body, you are legally retarded. (laughs) I think that's fair. Yeah, that's, I mean, a little harsh, but but yeah, I, I get it. What if, what if they come with, like, a note from their doctor? <laughs> that they have to wear green pants and tan jackets? <laughs> that they're retarded and we can't discriminate. Oh, that they decide to wear tan pants and flannel shirts? I they, but they can do that. They can do that for Wolfhound, bro. That's true. They, as a policy, does not accept doctor's notes, and we'll just take you out behind the bar to put you down. And we have an on-site doctor to prove that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, we're gonna, we're still gonna work around it, and everyone's gonna wear armbands either way. Um, like I said, even armbands sometimes isn't enough. That's why I'm saying, like, if you're gonna be on the green team, wear a green camo. You're still going to get a yellow or orange armband. I'm sorry, but it helps. It still helps, you know. Um, but yeah, that's all we have to say about Steel Cog for now. We will do a bigger podcast episode about steel cog i think oh, i think it, yeah. i think it deserves it i oh, think absolutely. at this point it does deserve like a like a longer discussion than we've been giving it featuring a historical lesson of maybe like the yeah. chronicles of, of, but the of thing, but you, know, you, know, you know what's funny little roman no one cares about the story except for us idiots yeah <laughs> so because they're coming just for a force on force game that's yes. all mm-hmm. yep sadly yep. it's like who's doing a game this weekend okay that's where we'll be are there requirements? Nah, I'll pass. Who's the guy with the beret? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a few guys with berets that day. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's just it's your batter more ridiculous. Yeah, that's it is. It's gonna be ridiculous. With it always more is. and more subtitles. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, the lame. If you notice, the, the name's getting longer. That's right. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Make it longer. More subtitle two, three, more, four. More like semicolons. <laughs> <laughs> Steelcock four, gaseous, semicolon. It definitely needs more. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. This is the final one. We swear, not really. Question mark. Yeah. 
Steel Cog, <laughs> Steel Cog 20, the search for more The finale, money. part one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man, we're going to like, it's like we're... No, the, the, ultimate, the ultimate meta joke would, would be to create an entirely different pr- production label and then say that we're getting rid of Steel Cog and selling it to somebody else. And then, uh, <laughs> and then put on Steel Cog under a different name. <laughs> Like we'd almost have to spell like broken arrow backwards, E A B. Yeah. E A B. Actually, there was an E A B bank I think back in the day. It would be E A B. Eeb. Eeb. I was thinking we have his left broken arrow events, and then we'll just make steel cog for pachinko machine. Yeah. What What if in in further tribute to Kiyojima of just the next game, you just have a guy carrying a whole bunch of stuff. Just a yeah. guy with a backpack, just full of bigger backpack than his whole body, and he just has to haul stuff. Or he's just yeah, in the background. Just, he's just an just unannounced backpack. character who just walks around in the background hauling stuff from place to place. Dude, I wish we could add NPCs <laughs> like that. See, but that, that actually is like somewhat doable because like there isn't really any much like back end work on that. It's just have this fool running around doing whatever he's gonna do in the middle of this you chaotic game. You know what? For me, uh, like you know what I would like more of out of the Steel Cog stuff for like us staff to do like more role play things or get like people like CJ and Roman to do like more role play things just I, to make yeah. it slightly more immersive of an environment and give it a little bit of, like I know it's just like a stupid like green versus tan like retard game but like just to give it a little bit more of like a bay like spin on it where you have some more immersive elements like that I think would be a cool uh, addition to the future of the game. Oh, one hundred percent agree. As, as long as we don't make Ferrucci silent. <laughs> yeah, right. Yo, we should do that for the summer game when it gets warmer. Just have you run around in, in like little booty shorts and oh. a in a bikini top. Okay. And oh we'll be like, everyone be like, why is he dressed like that? We're like, yo, he breathes out of his skin. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was born this way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what a hell of a sight I swear it's like he needs his chest hair to breathe <laughs> I don't even want to I'm thinking about it it sucks like what? he you know and, and mm. the thing is fruit has got like a beard now so you know it's gonna look really mm. fucking weird oh yeah you like that yeah. big boy oh, that's yo know, it gets like thicker you this can, is like you can this, these are, yeah <laughs> Those are like your gills, bro. Oh, yeah. For those of you at home, mm. he's pulling his shirt down. Oh, yeah. Giving himself a rub. Mm. Oh, God. They are long and thick and, and dark. A, dude, he has a black wife beater on, too. You could comb like, those. This kid can't get any more Italian, man. Now he's taking his shirt off. Here we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It, it could get I'm shorter. in Queens, baby. He's showing his string bean yeah. arms. They, they are fucking string beans. Yeah. Yep. It it could get more Italian if we I mean, find we'll some tomato sauce in that fur. And he needs that little uh, that little bullhorn necklace that looks like a dog penis. That's what he needs. <laughs> yeah, Mike, you are. I don't know. So if, now I don't know that if his should be said. outer shirt is off, yes. you can see his hairy shoulders. Yes. Yep. But if, uh, Fruchy, at home, hairy shoulders. Fruchy, let me ask you a serious question. What's up? We are you going to come back as the drama? And what side do you want to play for? Well, of course, I'm going to side with uh, Flaccid Snake. I mean, I got you, bro. All right, bro. That's what I'm talking about. We got to protect the Flaccid one. Yeah. Because I need more cards anyway. Oh, you hilarious. Okay, Beret Boy. Hey. Hey, look, I was trying to lead man to battle, okay? That's why I was a freaking massive target. 
Yeah, you can leave men in the battle, but you can't find Liam's apartment that you've been to multiple times. Sounds like a good leader. Oh, yeah. Well, it is what it is. You know, I I, uh, I blame myself, and uh, I owe up to it. So, you know, learn from the from learn from learn my mistakes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so Mike O'Donnell had to jump off, but we have a new segment that we're trying for the show. With us right now, we have Dan from HBA, one of the biggest BB vendors in the hobby, and we have him on to ask him a few questions. So say what's up, Dan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. All right, no problem, man. We're glad to have you, man. So um, listeners, let us know in comments on the podcast post if you like something like this, and we'll keep on going with it and find people in the hobby to interview. So here we go. Uh, so Dan, why did you start HPA and decide to start making your own BBs? Well, um, my background is I, I used to sell um, and work for man marking car, uh, cartridge companies. Um, we started selling simulations and then moved to another product called UTM. And basically these are man marking cartridges that go inside of real firearms. <clears throat> excuse me, and are converted to do force-on-force active shooter training. Um, I helped facilitate a number of government contracts, and after doing so, we came into some issues where there were lead concerns as well as cost concerns. Um, And I have to have a relative who was a chemical super freak and basically was dabbling with airsoft and explained to him my concerns and... Long story short, we created a proprietary mix that made um, our BBs that they're made from. And in doing so, we released it on the the military and law enforcement training side. um, And it was a really successful hit um, due to the cost, the biodegradability, um, the U.S. lab test. And then in order to bring the cost down, we released it on the civilian side. And as a result of our quality plus our biodegradability, um, it's been well received on that market as well. Wow, so you actually didn't start off as an airsofter. No, so I dabbled in playing airsoft, but our main business focus was not um, for the civilian side of airsoft. Gotcha. And when we released and created our product, what we actually did was take um, Tokyo Marui guns, because uh, they were the king at the time, but because they were polymer uh, we actually CNC frames for like the 226, for example, out of 6061, reinforce the decocking levers, and then put those together with packages with our non marking ammo for law enforcement for force on force active shooter training. And in doing so, that's how we got involved in this industry, was because of a need for a cost effective force on force training tool. Um, and that's kind of where all of this came about. So our origins are on active shooter force-on-force training, and then we released our proprietary biodegradable ammunition on the civilian market um, because, obviously, in production steps, the higher the volume, the cheaper the price can get. So we originally started this. It was like 1,000 rounds for like $25. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we've come a long way in getting the price down. Due to the volume that we're now producing. So, I mean, go ahead, go, CG. No, no, I was going to say, I've, you know, I've known Dan uh, quite a while and I've seen it come from, you know, from the bottom and grow. And uh, it's probably one of the best BBs I've ever used. Thanks. And and that is all due to our our proprietary mix. Um, That's what differentiates us from everything else. 
our quality control and, and how we have a proprietary polishing process, but it all starts basically with our um, ingredients. So, yeah, so Dan, how, how involved in the actual manufacturing are you at this point? Mm-hmm. Like you've, you've um, obviously you're knowledgeable on the product, so I'm not even going to ask you like, you know, how challenging was it to learn and study the process, but like at this point, how involved are you in manu- in the manufacturing of it? Is it just like... So, no, no, so we're, we're heavily involved. What we like to say is it starts with us and ends with us. Um, wow. So what we basically do is we create our proprietary mix, um, our base core ingredient, and then we send it out to numerous facilities that we use all across the world, um, depending on if we need to produce products for the EU market, um, we have a facility we use in China and all over. So we take our mix that we create here, send it overseas, um, we purchase and supply all of the other weight additives in it, and then what we do is we provide what's called uh, melt flow, which basically is like how a, a baker would bake a cake. So it's actually the instructions that they need to follow for the, the manufacturing process, um, whether it's you know how things are mixed, injector temperatures, cool down times, it basically gives you everything. So it's, it's our ingredient, our recipe, and then our polishing process, and then it comes back here stateside, and then we do the packaging, labeling, QC checking. So it, it really starts with us and ends with us. Wow, that's cool. Very cool. It's like a BB recipe. I like that. BB. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so let's talk about the product. What makes an HPA BB different than other brand BBs? So... Um, Basically, as of now, what we've gathered, there are two products that are being used in this industry. There's a product called PLA and there's a product called OXO. Um, neither of them were created for this industry. Neither of them are biodegradable. They, one of them, PLA, is actually a compostable product. Um, none of them have biodegradability tests, and they were never designed to be dumped in the environment. PLA was actually designed and created by the corn industry and the purpose of it was for industrial packaging material um, with the intention that you would use it bring it over put it on the packaging and then the packaging would be collected similar to how products would be recycled and you would send it to an industrial composting facility what differentiates an industrial composting facility from a backyard compost pile is the fact that an industrial compost facility reaches temperatures of approximately 140 degrees Fahrenheit and higher. Um, None of those temperatures occur naturally in nature. (laughs) So it's a special microbial that that is there that that breaks the product and composts it in an industrial composting facility. If you dump those kind of products in nature, you know, you're talking hundreds of years before anything happens, whereas plastic is a thousand years, what's the difference in the scheme of things? It's really nominal. Um, when you get into OXOs, there's some huge concerns with that. Um, those products, you know, even in the lab tests that, that are done, because most OXOs try and use the same EN134 uh, test, which is an industrial composting test, uh, to show that they'll break down. Um, and when they do, they contain lead, cadmium, and arsenic. Um, and as most everyone knows, lead is, lead is horrible. So is cadmium, so is arsenic. All heavy metals kind of are. So when you dump heavy metals into the environment, they don't dissipate. Heavy metals stay where they are. And again, 
environmental toxicology. That's not one of my expertise. I know there's tons of smart people out there, but common sense tells me if you dump enough heavy metals in the environment that are, you know, trace amounts, trace amounts no longer stay trace. They add up. Um, excuse me. So that that's the big concern with those two products. What we use is a complete proprietary mix that we develop. Our product actually goes through a biodegradable test. We don't use an EN134A test. Um, our products have been tested in a microbial-rich landfill environment and basically a biologically activated landfill. Now, people hear that and they're like, oh, well, I don't have a landfill in my backyard. Well, so what a biologically activated landfill is it is a landfill that contains organic material. So it has grass clippings. It has your food scraps in there. It has, you know, chicken bones, eggshells, coffee grinds. It's all of that stuff that decomposes and biodegrades in nature. Um, and that's actually the, the type of test that we conducted so that, you know, if our products are dumped in that environment, you know, based on our test parameters, they biodegrade. So how long how long do those tests last for? Like how long do you put a BB in the in the let's say in in the dirt? Are you watching it over over years or over a year before you release the product? Well, let me, so let me give you two ways. I don't have the answer to that. I can only comment. So legally, we can only comment on what we actually have lab tests for. Gotcha. So we did in a controlled environment, in a microbial rich environment, a lab test, and we showed that up to twenty six. Uh, excuse me, 25.6% of our product biodegraded in a year. I'm not allowed to extrapolate data beyond that, except saying that just because you stop watching something, as long as those microbials are there, the biodegradable process doesn't stop. And, right. and let me give another example of that. You cut a tree down and it drops in your backyard. That tree doesn't biodegrade in a year. Depending on the size of that tree, depending on your environment, that tree could take 10, 15 years. Now, on the flip side, if you have mulch and it's in your flower bed, that mulch needs to be replenished every couple of years because it's in smaller pieces and, you know, there's other factors as far as the whole surface area being exposed compared to that whole tree where it needs to biodegrade from the outside in. So, you know, there's no real set time frame except saying that certain environments are going to take longer than others and then depending on the condition of the BB, you know, that could expedite the process as well. Gotcha. Interesting. So the, the, the being biodegradable, being biodegradable, that aspect obviously is important to you guys. Why is it important to the brand to be biodegradable? Because I know I've seen other companies just sell straight up non-biodegradable BBs. I don't know why they would ever sell those where they can just, I mean, I think all BBs should be biodegradable. I, I, I agree with you. I think even indoor most indoor places, you know, let you use plastic and everything else. Yeah. And the crazy part is they're just throwing it inside the garbage. And then it's just ending up in a landfill with more plastics. So, you know, we're concerned about making sure that we don't harm the environment. That, you know, we, we leave the planet as, as we found it and don't make it worse. Now, our, our hobby on the civilian side, you know, just take, for example, small fields. They have... 50 players come out and play once a month. Let's just say once a month. And each player uses one bottle of BBs. That's 2.4 pounds um, of, of plastic if they weren't using yeah. a truly biodegradable product that you're dumping in the environment. Times just say 10 months, 
you know, that's a thousand pounds that just entered. Now think about California and all these other environments where, you know, it's hundreds and hundreds of players dumping hundreds of bottles of, of, of plastic into the environment. So we're focused in on, and again, this, this is probably part of where our origin started compared to other companies, you know, making a product for force on force training that law enforcement didn't have the lead concerns that they had with using man marking cartridges and didn't have those types of, you know, hazardous potential breathing conditions by firing lead um, based primers and things like that in an enclosed environment where they could use our product, sweep it up, chuck it in the trash and know that, you know, that product is going to fire the grain um, in the environment. So that, that might be the reason that, that we're more, focused on what we do and more concerned about truly producing a biodegradable product than other um, manufacturers out there because of our roots. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I think a lot of people choose your product just because it, it's something you pride yourselves on. I, I mean, that's why when I'm look, you know, whenever I'm looking for a new bottle of BBs, I'm definitely always buying biodegradable over regular plastic. Nice. And, you know, nice. So, yeah. So, so let me ask you about other products from HBA. you have anything coming out soon that we should watch for? Yeah, well, we just released... So last year we released um, Lion batteries. Um, so we have some projects coming out that are, are going to use those batteries that we're in the works on. Very nice. But um, what we also did was take some of the feedback back from players that were like, Lion is awesome, but can you guys do you know, high-discharge batteries? And we were like, sure. Um, what separates us and what we kind of found out when we started looking into the battery industry, and, and again, we're fortunate because we have a number of high-end, and because of the companies they work for, I, I can't say those on the air, but they are high-end electrical engineers that assisted in guiding us in designing our battery cells. And what we found from doing just R&D and research is there is a ton of false information out there regarding batteries companies claiming certain milliamps when it, it's not physically possible. Um, there's other companies out there that are claiming their products are made in America when they're not. Um, just insane lies in this industry. And, and once again, because of our core values and our ethos, um, we decided to turn that industry on its head. So all of our batteries are rated for the correct milliamps. Actually, 90% of them are underrated, especially when you get in our Lion batteries to what the milliamps really are, because we believe in, you know, under-promising and over-delivering. Um, that's why we originally did our Lion, we only stayed at 15C, even though they're really 20C with a 40C burst. And our new LiPos are 30C with a 50C burst. Um, and we just made an insane battery for DSG guys that is 2,400 milliamps with a 30C, 50C burst, and based on our calculations, that thing is going to handle a 70-plus amp draw all day long. What about you, Fruitry? You'd be interested in something like that, no? Oh, definitely, especially for my uh, M60. Yeah. I definitely need something yeah. that can, uh, you know, basically last all day and not have to worry about, you know, being in the middle of a firefight, you know, yeah. day and a half into wherever event and, uh, you know, having to, t you know, pull out the buttstock and, you know, slam another battery in. So, mm. that's uh, it sounds very... Uh, very intriguing. I mean, I definitely uh, want, you know, I'm certainly interested in, in your product to uh, to try out. Yeah, Fucci's so. the type of guy that walks with his finger on the trigger the entire day. Pretty much. Not stop. <laughs> well, then maybe you might want to look into our, our new 5,000 milliamp 7.4s that'll give you a 20C burst. 
uh, that literally you just plug in the battery and think about it next month on charging it. <laughs> That's actually, I would like that too. Yeah. What's the uh, dimension on something like that? I'm sorry? What are the dimensions on a battery like that? Um, they're the, so they will, they're designed to fit inside of a crane stock. Wow, really? Hmm. Yeah, so if you have the space of a, a crane stock where it's a nunchuck style cell set up, um, you should be able to fit that in, in anything else. Um, and we, we actually, believe it or not, kind of expanded just beyond airsoft batteries because what we found is that the battery industry as a whole was, was full of it. So we actually started producing high-end drone batteries as well um, and releasing those on the markets. And we're actually working with a number of drone manufacturers um, to be their official battery for their drone systems. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing that once we start producing a product, we kind of go through all avenues where that product could be used. Um, and again, it's just based on our quality and our ethos by making high quality, you know, proper products and then just standing behind it. And then we do have some other new um, licensed products that we'll be dropping this year. I can't really get into it until the official announcement, except it's kind of stating that. Uh, but there was a reason we started making batteries. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, Dan, what's the best place to buy all of these batteries and BBs? I know you have your website. But, uh, go ahead. You tell us. Yeah. So, so right now, um, Aerosoft Junkies, um, they have our full line of batteries full line of BBs available. Um, Evix restock order just went out to him. So shortly they'll have the full line of BBs, full line of batteries back in stock. Um, we have dealers all across the United States. We always recommend that a player go to a local dealer. That way you don't have to worry about paying shipping. Um, we got Airsoft Barracks in Florida. We have got PewTubers in the Midwest. We've got Missouri Airsoft out there. Um, you know. So you guys are all over the place. Airsoft, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, they're, you know, if there's a local airsoft shop, 90% sure they carry our product line. And we always encourage players to shop locally. Definitely. So, all right. Yeah, I know some guys that sell them. <laughs> so, Dan, let me ask you one final question. Uh, <laughs> um, how many Sponsor Me requests do you get monthly? Here's a free box uh, of BBs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, sure. Here you go. Let me just mail that to you. Um, but no, we, we do get a, a, a substantial amount of, of requests for that. And unfortunately, um, there's no way to, to satisfy all of those requests. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, Dan, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we really appreciate I, it. I, well, hey, go ahead. I was saying, thanks for having me. Um, appreciate you you know asking these questions and uh you know giving us an opportunity to talk about what differentiates our our product and brand from from everything else out there no that's great man we yeah we know this is like i said this is the first you're the first outside of our group interview and i think it went really well we'll definitely do it again and you know i want to like i said listeners let us know how you uh how you feel about it in the comments 
on our post, and um, hopefully you learned something about BBs. I certainly did. I'm going to listen to this again, and uh, I'll, I'll act like I know what I'm talking about. I feel like a professor now. Oh, well, if you guys have any more questions, I'd be happy to, to continue them. And, you know, again, if you get enough questions from your, your listeners, um, I'd be more than happy to, to answer those as well. Definitely. I mean, I'll send you an email anyways. I need to get a sponsorship, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you put to my attention and they'll forward it on to me. <laughs> Very nice, Dan. Thanks for coming on, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Right, have a great later, bro. All right, Dan, thanks for coming on. That was a good interview. You can find his products on the links we attached to the synopsis of this podcast. So we're going to implement a new segment building up to Operation Kochi's Green in August called Coming Correct with Bay. Come correct. Come correct. Come correct. Come correct. So this is the first episode of this segment, first part of this segment, or whatever you want to call it, called Come and Correct with Bay, Cover Your Noggin, which we're going to talk about getting the correct headwear for each side, the USGIs and the NVA for our big flagship Vietnam event. So, Farooch Young, I want to ask you the question first. What sure. do you want to start with? you want to start with talking about the GIs? you want to talk about... Start talking about with the uh, Pavin. Uh, I feel like we should start with the Pavin, uh, being that I think people should be more aware of the opposite side because I think it's a little bit more simplified for the GIs, honestly. Okay. I mean, with your M1 helmet, field cap, right? You know, even the little bandana, you know, head wrap, right? Okay. Um, I think Pavin should be a little more important because we've seen too many uh, people, like you were mentioning earlier, go to a discount store get a, you know cheap, you know, cheap hat or helmet or whatever, right. and it kind of ruins the experience a little bit. So, so that's, that's, that's part of the systematic thing about uh, the People's Army, because when the people are signing up, some of the people signing up, they normally do GI, and they're like, I just want to see what it's like on the other side, but I really don't want to invest the same amount of time and energy I did while I was a GI. I'm just going to do it eh, good enough which Which is funny because... It's still the same price whether you're half-assing it or if you just do a little bit of effort. And I'm glad you said that. If you just did a little bit of effort and research, it's it's just as expensive or cheap to get the correct stuff than just some random boonie hat or whatever. Yeah, you definitely hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, I think they're more about expedience, you know, and they're just don't care as much. They're, they, they really have like, this isn't my main thing. I'm just going to do it one time. I don't want to invest not even if it's the same amount of money you know i don't even want to invest the energy so they end up getting like the wrong type of yeah, jungle they're... hat the thing is uh it's like it's just like a rounded off full brim soft cap with four air holes in it right uh and what is it i think it's a six panel it's like it looks like a beach ball that yeah they call it a beach some people list that as a beach ball hat uh, I mean, the, like, if you're, like, comparing it to, like, a Soviet similar hat, you know, it's rounded off. You know, it's not like the American one where it's flat on top. Right. It's round. It, right. It goes at a contour all, of your yes, head. Yes, all yeah. panels are sewn together to reach one point. Right. 
and like each one, each panel has one hole in it. Uh, I had a Moore's one, and uh, I lent it out, and then someone decided to throw it out after the event, so that was a thing. George thought it was garbage. Oh, you threw out someone's battery, also, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a battery in that yeah. bag too. Yeah. Oh shit. So I, I have yet to replace it because mine was a Moore's replica, yeah. and Moore's is out. And when yeah. I called them uh, a season ago, they were like, uh, "We don't know if we're gonna be replacing them. We're, we don't know if we're gonna be doing a new run because they've been trying to sell off their previous three runs over like the last decade." Okay, so if we're following the format of this segment, the Come Correct with Bay segment, we have what to look for. So what to look for? What to look for? It's uh, it's you're looking at a soft hat. It's got the full brim, and it's rounded off on the top. You, as I'm demonstrating for the viewers at home, with my hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it, 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 it's different from an American or a typical like fishing hat you would find. Those right. have flat tops. This is round. It goes to the contour of your head. Uh, there's a Soviet one, which is not right because the holes are in the wrong place, and it's more pointy than rounded. It's, I feel like the uh, brim is thicker, too, isn't it? It yes. seems like it's... Uh... I really don't know how thick it is. It's enough to keep shape. The thing yeah. is, like, I see George's hat, and... The, I don't know, maybe because George is so small, that hat looks ridiculously big. Right. Um, I feel like the Moore's one there was probably the most legit replica. Uh, good luck finding it. Combat Sports Supply. Combat them. Sports Supply is, they offer it in green and they offer it in tan. Right. And uh, I have yet to order my replacement. I will probably be doing that from Combat Sports Supply. Because they're the only ones I've seen that advertise a proper looking one. Right. Uh, my only worry is like, is it going to be as wide brimmed as George's? I have. It probably is. The one that I had last year at Indian Country was a Combat Support Supply, uh, green one. And if you remember, I don't was, remember looking oversized I'm, on you. I have so a big maybe head. It's just George. I have a big head, bro. And George is a little <laughs> man with a little head. He's got that little peanut head. Yeah. So I, I inquired with the guy that did the uniforms that you and I got, So Shop, yeah. out of Russia, and it didn't seem like it would be a feasible project for him to be making repros of the hat. So that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, the the string on it, uh, you know, what do you call it, a retention string? Yeah. Uh, chin it, strap. The chin strap the chin string doesn't whatever. have anything on it. It's just simple dangle thing, so it'll hold it if it goes off your neck on your on your back. There is no adjustment on it. Right, there's no leather uh, there's strip. N- there's yeah. nothing there to tighten it up under yeah. your actual chin. Right. So it's more of just a thing for it to hang off the... Back here, back here, on you your know, back. on your neck, yeah. So how tough to define a legitimate... Uh, it, it depends how combat sports supplies repro is appropriate. Gotcha. Yeah. No, no luck on eBay or uh, Facebook Marketplace or anything like that. Um, eBay, it, if you have the thing is about eBay is you have to know what you're looking for. Oh yeah, people will just but Vietnam booty hat, and you think yeah, that's of right. Of course, you know, you'll you know, get but, an American one, most likely. Yes, yeah. Um, so usual costs, I put twenty five, twenty to twenty five bucks. I think is the average cost for a repro proper NBA booty hat. Uh, can't you get it for 
15 on Combat Sports Supply? I mean, just whip, whip it out. Combat is Sports it, Supply. Is it 14.95 or 24.95? Yeah, so it shouldn't shouldn't cost you that much. And plus, Combat Sports Supply has uh, some uh, people's army canteens. If you don't want one yes. with a strap, you I got mine from them that can go on your belt. Uh, I don't know if that's a more of a late war thing, but if, if you really have a problem with it dangling and you want one on your belt, I got mine from Combat Sports yeah. Supply. So while you're there getting uh, the hat, you know, get the canteen too. Yes, uh, they also have uh, elephant trunks there too. The, uh, the rice, I, I, the got, I got there. my elephant trunk from uh, Royal Tiger yeah. HK something something. Right, right. Along with my canteens, they have real nice strap canteens. They also have... Uh, the rigs there, the, the Royal Tiger, HK, whatever, whatever, is pretty good source. Uh, Farouk is showing me the Vietnam cap on Combat Sports Supply, yeah. 1995. There we go. So $20. Bucks. And that is probably the best option right now, without mm -hmm. Moors um, or Rizzle. As, as, as far as the jungle hats. Yes. I would recommend you get yourself a tan one, not a green one, because generally we are tan. -ish. Yeah, yeah. So, what about the hardcover for the? The NBA? hard card is the, the hard cover is a joke because <laughs> there is a real hard cover that they would wear. They had the Soviet steel helmets. Oh, okay. Yes. They ditched the Soviet steel helmets on the way down, and they stopped issuing them because no one wants to walk for hundreds of miles with that in the jungle when you could get a floppy hat instead. Right. But if Bay ever does a something North Vietnam related, if we ever have an event like where they're inserting, like the inserting yeah. North, some special boys and, uh, yeah. and doing some special stuff, then you would find guys in helmets protecting AA installations. If there was gotcha. like AAA missile silos, uh, you know, the missile right. launching complexes, you would find guys there wearing actual steel helmets, which would be World War II Russian 40s. And they're cheap. Well, Those are cheap. Wasn't Randy working on an AA gun? I mean, not to get off topic. Yes, yeah. he actually had, he had the, um, he, it was the, it wasn't, it wasn't like a mounted one. It was like a, a wheel. Yeah, we had, we had it last year. What, we, what was it? Dishka? No, no, what was it? What no, we... no, it's like an SG forty three something like that. Uh, that that that's more of just like uh, the equivalent of like uh, nineteen nineteen fifty cal. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, multi purpose heavy machine gun situation. Yeah. Uh, but the most common option, I would say, is the quote unquote pith helmet because yeah. it's not really pith. You'll what you'll probably find is like shaped cardboard with some fabric over it. Some felt. <laughs> and I, I highly recommend it. The, they are complete garbage because they can easily get broken and bent out of shape. And especially if you're at an event and you're coming correct and you're not going to run away from some freaking rain and your thing gets wet, it can get bent out of shape. I've been using mine for about 10, 12, 11 years, something in that range. And if you flip it over, you can see the deformities, the dents, uh, the cracks in it. Yeah, but aging, it probably looks cool. It probably makes it look nice and better. You know? One of the things I would recommend is if you get a brand new one, uh, maybe run it under some hot water. Like, don't saturate it, but run under hot water and let the paint drip off. 
You, oh, yeah. The, the, uh, the bright green will run, and you'll get it in more used looking. I mean, the one way is you leave it out in the sun, let the sun bleach, or you don't have that kind of time. You don't have a property where you can safely leave things outside uh, to get sun bleached. Uh, first, just run it under some hot water. Run it under some hot water. Let the bright paints drip off. I found that out by accident because <laughs> uh, it rained, and then I looked and was like, "Oh, there's green stuff all over me." Oh, it's oh, my nice. helmet. Nice. Um, but you don't want to saturate it because it will disintegrate. Uh, you can get more expensive ones advertised as real. You can get get them anywhere. It doesn't matter. It's a crappy disposable item essentially right don't don't plan on having it for it's got to be green that's the only thing it's got to be green there they have tan ones and i know we're wearing tan uniforms but this is the part you want green okay make sure that one's green the tan ones are more of a like Viet Minh, you know, the first war, right? Not, but not the American war. Yeah, the good thing with the China war. But yeah. the good thing with the pith is you have options to cover too. You can cover it with natural foliage. You can ca- uh, cover it with. Parachute. That's one of the reasons I'm saying you definitely would. The, you want that quote unquote helmet. It's not meant to stop anything. It won't stop shrapnel. No. Sure, so it won't stop any bullets. I'm sure we can penetrate it with BBs if we shoot it close enough. Yeah, but but. When you're going through the bushes, this is hard enough to brush away the branches. It's also hard enough that you can put on a, a camo net, either that you buy a net or you make your own. I originally made my own. Uh, literally just spent an afternoon going with uh, twine that I got from for like 99 cents in the pharmacy. Right. And made a net form out of it. And when you get to the field, stuff some foliage out of there use your knife cut off some branches cut off some leaves stuff it in there you got yourself a fruit salad going on (laughs) and you you go low and you disappear especially if you're making a camo ring then you got two sets of natural camo you see some gi movement you hit the dirt and you become the dirt yeah Mm -hmm. you're a walking bush that's literally when when the gis will be flying over and you have a column of people's army walking. They hear the planes. They just scoot to the sides of the road. They go down to the ground. And they don't know that that's a column going there. Because it's all just bushes with bushes. Yep. But that is the head cover I recommend above all else. Uh, I used to bring my uh, jungle hat and my uh, pith helmet. Uh, and I would switch out to my jungle hat when we'd be back at camp. Right. Because, uh, you know, it's cotton. It's better for whisking away the, the sweat. sweat from you when you're middle of the day and you've been hiking and doing stuff. I would do that. But, you know, this helmet does not wick away your, your sweat. It's like a plastic band, essentially, yeah, it's inside. it's not even like a liner, really. That, you know. that, that liner can break and will break. And it will just end up being as, like, a hat. Yeah, I do use the uh, the chin strap from that helmet. That little whole, strap yeah. you you see uh, running over the top front of the helmet, I do use it. I bring it down and I put it under my chin, so when I'm running around, I don't lose it. And when I'm going through the thick foliage and the branches are hitting it, and so I don't lose it. 
So that already makes it better than the than the jungle hats, where I, as I mentioned earlier, that retention string is completely useless. Right. So this way you get your camo on your head and it's less likely to get knocked off. Right. And you, I mean, I've seen them on Amazon for 20 bucks. You can buy them on Amazon, eBay. Wherever you find it, it's like, this, it's almost all the same crappy mold. It's hard to go wrong with it unless you buy like a plastic one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean you can just search N NVA pith helmet and it's gonna come up. There's gonna be some green monstrosity with um, the NVA emblem on the front. The emblem's you... optional. Yeah, you most likely you know you're gonna take it off. I didn't want to take mine off, but I put camo around it anyway, so it made no difference. Right, right. Um, what what was that holiday seller on eBay? The one who also has remotes. Oh my God! Yeah, I know you talk about. Yeah, he, yeah. So he, besides he, yeah. selling remote controls, TV remotes. Yeah. yeah. Besides t selling remote controls, his other thing is Vietnam stuff, where he has legit shoes yes. and legit helmets, and he offers them with a blank tan cover and or a uh, camo net. Right. Uh, so that would be Imperial. a great source. So. Because you can get your camo net if you're lazy and you're set, or you get the the tan cover and then you're good for Viet Minh, right. uh, or you just wear it uh, it naked and you're perfectly fine for the you know C wait, NBA. Yeah, CJ had the name. It was like Imperial something. Yeah, it was Imperial something or other. Yeah. Yeah. So he, we'll he also had the shoes no. in uh, size roughly eleven. So when we work from. So we're working from head to toe. So shoes is a diff that's that's gonna be a few episodes away. I'm just saying he's the same guy. He's the same guy. So if you're ordering, you might as well get one and two. We need to remember this conversation. All right, Imperial something and something. Yeah. Hold yeah. On, if he's I'm got remote controls, up. he's your guy. Exactly. CJ's looking it up. <laughs> All right. It's Luch Imperial. Yeah, that sounds right. Imperial. Luke. Imperial. It's probably Luke Imperial. Yeah, and he's based okay. in the states. Yeah. I just thought he was a wrestler, like a South American wrestler. <laughs> Luch. Like a luchador? luchador. I'm going to suplex you. All right, CJ, so let's move on to the GIs. You are pretty good at um, shopping for helmets and all the parts of a M1 helmet. So let's talk about helmets first before we go into boonie hats because me personally, if you're coming correct for Bay, you need a helmet. A boonie hat is an optional thing. Yeah. So I CJ, agree. And like yeah. with boonie hats, finding the proper boonie hat is next to impossible. I mean, not next to impossible, but it's really hard to find an actual Vietnam-style boonie cap. Yes. So let's talk about helmets first. All right. So um, I am an FNG. I have no idea what I'm looking for. I, I go onto Amazon and I search for U.S. Army helmet. I get some plastic looking helmet on my search cj what do you tell me to do don't buy it don't so, buy it and, right. and what so, am i looking for the m1 helmets the reproduction m1 helmets where they're not terrible they're also not great um you could find for the same price you could find a much better original helmet on like facebook marketplace or offer up craigslist if that's still a thing for 
I, I mean, sometimes I get deals for 20, 20 bucks for an M1 helmet, which is like dirt cheap. And that's period, at least 80s issue to World War II issue. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, so what's good for want? USGI in 1943 is good for Vietnam, is good for 1970s? Uh, to a certain extent. Yeah. In theory, yes, they all look pretty much the same on the outside, but the liners are different. From the 40s, you know, World War II, there was multiple liners. Korean War, there's a few different liners. Vietnam, there's a few different liners. Um, but essentially, it looks the part from the outside. Right, and then, you know, when you put the helmet cover, you know, the Mitchell pattern helmet cover on, no one's yeah. going to no get close enough to you to, to yeah. call you out. Exactly. And But if, you, if you're really a stickler like we are, you know, you want the authentic stuff, if you flip, if you look inside the sweatband is where all your nomenclature will be. So that's where your, your date and the DSL numbers will all be listed in the, the, the helmet band, the head strap, the so, suspension. CJ, there, so with the M1 helmet, there are really two main parts. There's the steel pot, and then there's the helmet liner that goes inside the steel pot. Um, if you really are due diligent you could shop for steel pots and liners separate and probably get a good deal and get a, a, a correct and proper helmet but for the most part you see them sold as like a complete piece yeah um you you can get a good deal on on pieces uh i i picked up just just recently i picked up a, a power liner and uh for i think i paid Twenty dollars for it, which is, is pretty good. You figure if you look at most helmets for sale, they're upwards to sixty to hundred dollars. Right. I'm still taking um, that. I'm still taking that liner to complete. Yeah. yeah yep. So I got, I got another helmet to complete. All right. Nice. Moving on. Go ahead. Um, but I found. Uh, I recently picked up a one-off Facebook Marketplace. I don't know why I'm telling you guys because then you're gonna steal my hidey holes, <laughs> getting stuff. But uh, I picked up a actual World War II front seam swivel barrel is kind of like a more desirable helmet yeah i paid 25 dollars for it helmet and liner that's crazy man yeah so you just got to keep your eyes out you know with anything else you know you you can find a bargain if you're looking the right spots mm -hmm. right so there is a wide range of where to buy helmets and the cost of them we can say that's safe but if you're just yep. if you're just let's say you don't want to do all this this um this research I guess the the cheapest thing you can do is you can buy one of those repro helmets on eBay yeah. or Amazon, and they're like fifty bucks. They come with like a plastic liner. The liner is kind of shit. Mm -hmm. the The steel pot isn't too bad, but I feel it's a little smaller than a real helmet. Yeah. Um, when you put the when you actually put the Mitchell cover on, there's a lot of like excess material. It's not. It doesn't it really. It has that tight feel to it. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, very comfortable. Like I said, if you if it's your first, if it's your first event and you can't you have no luck i guess that's an option yeah i personally feel you might as well buy the right thing the first time so you're you're actually saving money you're not buying a crappy 50 dollars helmet and then you're right. then you find this other great helmet for 60 bucks that's you know correct and proper mm -hmm. that you spent 110 bucks on yeah. on getting this the helmet that you should have bought from the get -go. here's a pro tip if you have a question you should ask Ask the guys right. that have been doing it. They might have leads, and they can immediately hook you up and point you in the right direction. Right. Yep. 
and yeah, that's, that's, save you the trouble of wasting money on the wrong thing or the thing that's going to make you feel a little bit inferior when you show up and you see everyone else's stuff. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, I mean, there's people like Darius who live to help other people find stuff. True. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He loves to spend other everybody else's money. Yep. <laughs> that's what he lives <laughs> for. Yep, and, he'll, talk but, you, yeah, he'll talk you into buying stuff that he doesn't want. Like, he either has it or he just doesn't want it, but he, he, he wants, wants you to have you it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And yep. also, like, you're coming into a community, remember that this is a community. You're going to be hanging out with all these other people of like interests. Don't be afraid to ask them because they've already gone through it. They might even have extra stuff right. that they might yep. gladly, you know, get off their hands to you. Mm -hmm. So get out there. Participate in the community before you get to the event. It'll, you'll end up with a better kit and maybe save yep. some money. Yes. Yeah, because we've all been there. Yep. Exactly. Everyone's got to start, man. Everyone's got to start somewhere. You you know you. You know one or two seasons, you should already know what yeah. you know. If you if you ask the right questions and people talk to you, you should already be a pro at that point. I would say you just got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. While yep. we're talking about the M1 helmets, on a side question, how applicable are they to the rest of uh, like NATO countries in the Cold War? So um, I know West Germany had them. Austria used them. Um, Israel, I thought, I thought pretty much. Israel I thought pretty much everyone in NATO. The British. With the I don't think the, Brit, the British. No, the Brits yeah, the always British, do their own thing. Well, yeah. they, had, they, were, they actually. I think the French exactly. had different helmets too, right? The French. The French had a, a variant, even at um at the uh, the in the fifties when they had yeah. uh you know um the French Indochina War they had uh it was a. It was it was the same shape with the liners. Yeah, like yeah. I know that the Austrian and the West German liners are different. Yes. But the pot itself is the it's same. The same. Yeah. yeah. I, that's why I was curious. Like I said, with in particular the French. Even I bet you the Belgians had the same. You same think moment. even the you know the Spaniards? I don't know. I really don't know. Because nobody ever talks about these less. You know, because obviously you don't think of them as like some sort of military power. Obviously. Yeah. You know, but you know it's fascinating to you know. There are a lot of interesting stuff happening with all the colonial wars in Africa and stuff. Yeah, well, so like the Portuguese. The por yeah, yeah. It was mm -hmm. exactly. I was gonna bring up the Portuguese. So that that's interesting stuff. Like some, you know, if we have events that are also gonna be historical, but maybe take place somewhere else. That's why I'm asking. Like, is there a little more versatility to the kit? You get an M1 helmet. Can I also use it besides a, as a US? Where can I use it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, one thing I also want to touch on, too, is, like, don't be afraid to check out your local uh, antique stores, too, because, mm -hmm. I mean, you find all sorts of deals. Yeah, even Goodwill. Well. Yeah. Goodwill. Even, yeah, Goodwill is another huge one, apparently, that people find. I never find anything good at Goodwill, but apparently Hell. people find good shit at Goodwill all the time. Hell, even testing your luck at a flea market, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe not, obviously, in the city, you know, but... Uh, I've been to a couple of flea markets, you know, like in Bear Mountain, for example, and, you know, there's this one random table that's selling military items and everything, and then you see an M1 helmet. Right. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've seen it a few times, and uh, like you, like Roman was saying, you know, ask questions, and you'll get to where you want to be. Yeah, shoot, it, shoot us questions. I right, mean, absolutely. You, you know, that's the easiest way to I do mean, it right. Yep. So... So just before we move on from the M1 helmets, there are two smaller little uh, items on the helmet. The 
the uh, chin straps. So that's something to look for too. Is like you can actually defarb a helmet that you like that maybe one of those like cheapy fifty dollar repos. Yeah. If you put the correct chin straps on and a cover, from, know. yeah, from the outside, you're looking it it it's almost period correct, you know. Yeah. Instead of the nylon chin the ch yes. nylon chin straps, and since we're yep. we portray an army unit, the uh, the elastic band you can put that on, and you really should look for a band without the cat eyes, which is the '80s uh, issue. You know that has a reflective yeah, cat eyes in the oh yeah on the yes, you know, the elastic yes, yes. band that goes around your helmet. Um, yes, some, do not get cat eyes. <laughs> and if you do have cat eyes, you can always just turn you know flip it inside out, take the cat eyes off. Yep. Um, I see. I always see like a lot of guys on like Vietnam reenactors and stuff like post their like their new their new kit, and then they'll like have the cat eyes in the front, like yeah, you know. <laughs> so and I mean like and the reenactors like they're very uh, unforgiving and they, they'll like rip you apart. So mm -hmm. it's like you know. Give yourself a head start and not, exactly. you know, not have them. Um, but yeah, the ch I think the chin straps are a big one that you can easily fix. They're they're really cheap too. You can find them on eBay, and they're like ten bucks. And they're they're the the cotton chin straps. And now like, like no one really wore them. They kind of like folded them up um, yeah. onto the back of the helmet. Um, but I mean, it's just something to look for. The nylon obviously will allow. We really shouldn't. Um, but we'll allow them for the time being. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, there's no excuse. The cotton, the cotton chin straps, yeah. the correct cotton, uh, the the correct cotton chin straps are really cheap. Right, and I guess to add to the knit, you know, not to sound nitpicky, but in particular the swivel mounts. Yes. Because uh, I know this is, you know, because earlier you'd have just a, a still mount. Yeah. And so that's something else to be careful on because. You know, it's will... bail and swivel bail. Yeah. 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 So. Okay, so let's move on to soft cover for the GIs, which is a boonie hat and the field cap, field cap, which are really the only soft cover options. Mm -hmm. um, and they're really only allowed at base and maybe at the, the you know, the ORP or the outpost or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, during the run at night when you're right. sleeping and you're hanging out at, you know, digging holes, you can, you know, take gear off. Yeah. Um, a proper field cap, you got to look on eBay, man. That's, um, I know Morris had 80s issue yeah. for sale. They're not, they're not much different than what was available in the 60s. So you can find them on Morris. They're like, you know, 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Um, but a simple eBay search, you know, if you do like USGI 1960s field cap, you'll find the correct one usually. Field cap is like a baseball cap? Like the baseball yeah. cap, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I believe, believe, it's, I believe like they're dollars. called OG 107s or 106. 10, yeah, 107s. I know that's that pertains to the color, but it also is like what the hat's called, like a hot weather cap. Yes. Yeah. Yes. OG 10, it's 107 through 507. I know 507s are the 80s ones. Yeah. I think I think really yeah, the only thing that's different is the inside. Yeah, I think it's actually called a hot weather cap, CJ. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like twenty twenty five bucks. Um, I feel like all the officers at MacArthur wore them, like a bunch of dorks. <laughs> like none of the none of the enlisted men at uh, MacArthur no. wore them. They all wore boonies. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I actually thought that that was an officer thing. They, I guess because you can put your rank on it. That's why all yes, of us were. Because yeah. yeah, you did have effigies come out of the plane and had their field caps on yeah. and everything. Yeah, but I know like I know CJ wore his with the LT bars. I wore mine with the captain bars. Yeah, my dad wore his. Uh, what was he? What was he again? Lieutenant was Colonel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the the hot. I think I'm pretty sure it's called hot weather cap. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that uh, it's a good item to wear. I think I, I think it's actually more appropriate than a boonie hat on base. Um, but in the field, wearing the boonie hat at like the the outposts yeah. and the ron and stuff like that, the boonie hats are tough to find. There, Very tough. there are a lot of repros out there. Um, I honestly, my thing is if you if you buy the Rothko one, just don't get the one that says Vietnam on yes. it. There is a there is a model of ripstop boonie hat that has the like a Vietnam patch sewn on it. Like just don't get that one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get tiger stripe, you know, don't get the tiger stripe one. Get a green OD boonie hat. You can find them online. Um, order them through me. Order them through CJ. He'll actually dye them the correct color. Yeah. Either that or hopefully you happen to know a Vietnam vet cuz there's a good chance he might you know, I guess perfect example myself. I mean, thank you know, thankfully my dad served from seventy to seventy one, and I get to use his boonie hat, so I didn't have to worry about that struggle. I mean, you've seen it. Yeah. I mean, there's no uh, clips on there, anything. It's just string. It's ripstop. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's burnt to hell, but you know. Yeah. It it was in country, and um, you know, like you said, you've seen it firsthand, so you know, and I, like I said, I mean, I'm more willing, willing to share with anybody, like, this is how it's supposed to look, because it's rounded. There's no, I mean, it's a little bit flat on top, but as you can tell, there's no, you know, that much. Well, it's, yeah, it's flat top that has a piece, like a piece that goes around the circumference of your head, and then it's a wide brim booty. That's, yeah. like, the, the issued one. Then, you know, then you can get cute and get the short brim ones or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I thought you guys would trim them down anyway. Yeah, guys would trim yeah, them guys, down. Yeah, guys yeah. Uh, So this discussion of where to buy everything and what to look for and what to avoid is all listed on our buyer's guides on the website. Mm-hmm. We'll list the buyer's guides on this podcast synopsis. Um, it's really about asking questions like Roman said and doing your research. That's That's the best advice we can give you. We can tell you this stuff until you're blue in the face, but you got to take the initiative and look for it for yourself. I would say listening to this episode right now, what we're talking about is taking initiative and learning about it because we are talking about it. But obviously, um, finding the the right stuff does take a little bit of effort. Uh, And there's no excuse to come to the wrong stuff because there are plenty of guys. I mean, you're, you're listening to four people right now that are willing to help you. Mm-hmm. And we will don't be embarrassed. Just you know, ask questions. We'd rather you ask questions and come correct than think you know it all and come looking like a goon. Because you will be called out on it. Yeah. True that. All right. So I want to close the podcast. The. All right. So I want to close the podcast off with thanking. Some of our partners and fields that helped us out during 2019 and now into 2020. So I want to really give a shout out to Tom from Emsato, who's he was instrumental in helping us uh, set up Tolcom and that kind of thing, and he's really helped us out. So 
we really appreciate what he does for us. Uh, Zulu 24, which is the home of Steel Cog right now, and our uh, coming up World War II event. You know, thanks again for you guys, Ground Zero Airsoft, where we've done numerous events. We actually are doing an overnight there in the summer, uh, Battle of Calm Duck, and another top secret project we're working on. Um, I'm not going to give it away yet, but in the fall, we have something coming up at uh, GZA also. Then, of course, Soft Air, where we did our Ragnaroker 2 event last year, and we are currently going to have the FARB infantry training there. And then, of course, Tolcom, which I think, and I think it's safe to say for everybody who, who's been to our big Vietnam event, that's really added to the success of Operation Junction City and Operation MacArthur. And hopefully, and I'm pretty confident, the success of Operation Cochise Green. So, anything else to add, boys? Get at it. No. Start quiet now. <laughs> Start getting your shit ready. Yeah, Operation Cochise Green, yeah. August 13th to the 16th at Tolcom. The 13th is a Thursday, which is an extra day where we're just going to say that that's the day the event starts because it really is going to. Like, if you've been just following along Bay or other Vietnam or World War II related sites and you're on the fence about going, not sure you got the right stuff, just take this as your initiative. This is the first step. The ball's in your court. You're welcome to show up. And some I'm I'm looking right now at three different helmets in this room. So if you fall short, don't let that stop you from attending. Someone might be able to spot you something. Uh, like I mentioned before, it's community thing. Come out, join the community, and come correct. Come correct. Come correct. All right, everybody, take care. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned to next spect. Uh, Jesus Christ. Two. Is this thing on? Hello? Hey, welcome everybody to the Bay Cut Podcast. <laughs> All right. Good episode. All right. Good interview with Dan from HPA. We'll give you links on all of his products. In the synopsis, and Frucci's distracting me. So, sorry, sorry. do this. Over. Fruch. Fruch the Mooch. What up, Frucci? Yeah, it's Come,